Hi everyone, welcome back to Design Moment. Um, excited about this episode, it's going to be a spooky one. Um, and we have a special guest on tonight, his name is Simone Bevilacqua. He will take us down the path of like obviously introducing himself and giving, a, giving us a little bit of a down load of how we met, um, but we promise we're going to keep it short and then we'll get right into it. Um, I'm going to let him tell us what we're going to talk about too. So, ciao Simo. Uh, hello. Hi, Harry. <laughs> so, well, first of all, uh, yes. So I met Carol, I think it was, uh, uh, I don't know, about, you know, I, you know what? I think it's about 10 years ago now. Yeah, for sure. I, that's about it. Um, so like Carol, uh, I'm also coming from Rome. Um, we both uh, we both studied in Rome at University of Architecture. Uh, then I think we kind of diverged. You went into uh, urban studies, and I stayed in like a building design. Uh, but yeah, I'm very glad that we met to to stay friends through these ten years. <laughs> yes, and then Simone is currently in Canada. I'm right. in the U.S., so we are also the only ones that have been living. That is true. We are the only ones who cross the ocean. <laughs> Wait, we've been knowing each other for four for ten years, and basically half of that time we've been living across the ocean. It's true. Eh? Well, mm. yeah, I guess a bit less, but yeah, yeah, totally. I think it's a good, uh, yeah, it's a good estimate. That's but, uh, that's scary. But Simone, do you want to say what we're going to talk about? Yes. So uh, I think the topic for today's uh, discussion is going to be Halloween uh, decorations. Yes, uh, <laughs> the spooky and, uh, season is coming, or it's actually already being, here. Yeah, but I think other than being a very, I guess, uh, it's in one week, right? It's in about one week. Uh, well, yeah, it's, it's exactly a week away. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so essentially, since Halloween is coming, uh, and uh, everybody is starting to go crazy with their Halloween decorations. Uh, well, actually, you tell me, what's the situation in uh, in New York? Like, do people decorate? the front yard uh do they do parties like what's the typical halloween in new york so the typical okay so a couple of things which i find very interesting um yes people decorate but they decorate you know in the city it's a little hard to find a lot of decorations right. happening uh, but if you go like where the brownstones are, you'll definitely see some decorations on the stoop obviously all the stores are you know all decked out for Halloween. Restaurants are decked out for Halloween. And trust me, New York on Halloween is a party city. Nice. Uh, but I think my 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 uh, favorite part of the holiday is the day after Halloween, where you see the walk of shame. <laughs> you start seeing all the people like dressed from the day before at like 9 a.m. while you're getting the coffee and you're like, hangover. Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And but you know that they didn't go home. Right, right. Right, because they still have that Halloween costume. So you're like, hmm, yeah. wonder what you did last night. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's also scary sometimes in New York because when you're in the subway, for example, and sometimes there's people like dressed up and they're very scary looking. You, right. you never know in New York if it's like a costume or someone really psycho who's about to murder you. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been lots of time to New York, but yeah, I, I think I get a sense of what you're saying. It's, uh, it could be could be special, say, in New York. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But how is it in Montreal? So I think it depends on the area you live in. Uh, also, I think it's so 
much less dense than New York. So to give you an idea, like a typical, I don't know actually if you have that in New York, you'll tell me, but a typical Montreal house, it's a plex. So it's a duplex, a triplex, which essentially means it's a, it's a small building, say one to two stories high, in which there are only two units. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that so sounds see, like so... There is, there is a, essentially no high race with exception of, the, of downtown, like in the city center, fine. But then the moment you step outside of the center, it's just these little houses. I'm not kidding, it must be, oh boy, okay, let me translate it into feet. Uh, I think we're talking about, uh, actually, no, you, you tell me, Carol. I think we're talking about like, uh, say, 10 meters tall, top. So it's uh, 30 feet, about, about 30 feet. 30 yeah, feet yeah, yeah, tall. exactly, exactly, about 30 feet, yeah. Uh, which is nothing. I mean, yeah, every time I go to New York, you know, like I think part of the, of the, the interesting part of New York, definitely, of the appeal of it is uh, these uh, super tall skyscrapers uh, and you know, so yeah. going on there. And here's just of course. Uh, all these houses, pretty much, pretty much copy paste. I mean, they all have their, I mean, their peculiarities, I guess. But at the end of the day, they all pretty much look the same, and they all have the same height. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's very interesting because actually this also allows you, for example, the apartment where I live, which is like on on the whole floor. Uh, we also have a backyard and a front yard and a garage that is just sitting right under the house we live in. Uh, so you understand, like the whole thing is so scaled down. But yeah, you do mm -hmm. get to also put up your Halloween decorations in your front yard. So it's so so Halloween decorations are big there. Oh my god, it's so big! Like honestly, like uh, something. I think lately, probably because of COVID, so people have been left at home for too long. Uh, so they've had too much time to to buy any sort of weird things off, out of the internet. But yeah, it is all of literally course. all sort of weird things you might think of. And if you want, since I've been very systematic about this, I've divided these decorations into three main categories. <laughs> yes, because you know what we're missing in our usual MO of the podcast? We need the description. So I love that you did the three categories. And I feel like you're going to go a little bit more technical for people who are listening and want to hear a little bit more about the design aspect of this. So go for it. No, okay, okay, no, okay. I understand where you're going with that. No, uh, so <laughs> yes, I was, I was talking about Halloween decoration. But before we get there, thank you, Carol. Yes. I think that was, that was a good idea. Let's discuss about <laughs> why I like uh, we decided to talk about uh, Halloween decorations. Right. Uh, and besides uh, the spooky season <laughs> that is upon correct. us. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> But, but I think it's because both me and you, like uh, you essentially are working as an architectural designer into an architecture firm. Uh, mm -hmm. So I guess you kept consistency with what, essentially what we studied for. Uh, yeah. But me, when I moved to, to Canada, especially to Montreal, which is in the Francophone side uh, of Canada, I didn't speak the language. So mm -hmm. I was moving into another country in which, uh, well, essentially in Europe, we measure in, in meters and centimeters. We have this, uh, the, what's it called, the metric system. So first- You have the metric system, shock. yeah. Yeah, you have this big shock of having to use uh, uh, Imperial, which is mm -hmm. fine. I, th I think for you guys in New York, you only use Imperial, I would want to Only think. Imperial, unless the project is somewhere where they use metric systems. This is excellent because you have to know that in Montreal, we use a combination of both. So oh, wow. that you're working on, uh, I don't know, like I say, on a condo tower, and uh, you're working in uh, in inches, and then actually say so, no. Most of the times, actually in Quebec, it's uh, it's in meters. And then, well, you have to buy the tiles from the U.S. So the U.S. Mm -hmm. has measurements in inches and meters. So you end up finding yourself with this 
weird mixed up schedules where you have uh, inches and uh, and centimeter in the same thing and nobody understands anything and sometimes you forget to write it if, whether it's centimeter or inches so things can totally get a different dimension and they can go very wrong very quickly <laughs> yeah <laughs> a recipe for disaster exactly so but, but that's, that's fine uh, but yeah so you essentially you ended up working as an architect but me i i figured i would uh i would convert say to the consultancy uh world uh, so work now as a lighting designer and a project manager in a lighting consultancy firm uh, in Westmount. That's also another funny story, but essentially it's a city within the city of, of, Montreal. of Montreal. So imagine it's as if one neighborhood of Manhattan decides, yeah, no, we are our own municipality. We have our own uh, signage on the street. Uh, here we speak English. We don't speak French like uh, all of you other people. Uh, no, all, view also, other people. Also weird things. Anyway, so uh, and actually the, the office where I'm working now it's it's mainly anglophone. Uh, so that's why I figured I would start working there because again I didn't speak any French at the time. Of course, yeah. But uh, you know, like you start from there and then you slowly you, you learn another language. But again, I was uh, I think I was always interested in in lighting. Uh, as mm -hmm. you know, I went to Germany uh, and I I specialized in daylighting, which essentially is how to uh, optimize your uh, your I guess daylight intake into a building and mm -hmm. account for that in terms of energy consumption. Uh, so I guess that's uh, what got me into the office I'm working in now uh, because we do a mix of lighting and daylighting. Um, so it's it's a very technical job I think I'm doing. It's again it's not really an architect. Oh, a hundred percent. I'm like for all you technical nerds, you can uh, contact Simone. But I have no idea what he's saying half of the time. But you know, love okay. you. <laughs> think, but no, I think it's interesting because again, I think we are like lighting designers. I think we are uh, the connection. Essentially, we have to make the connection between architects and engineers. Because architects, it's all about the shape and the appearance, and obviously right, the gross, right, right. beautiful something is, and uh, and the texture and the finishes and whatnot. The engineer couldn't care less. The engineer is all about numbers. It's about okay, right, I'm right, exactly, exactly. Uh, what is consumption? How much power does it need? Uh, what like it doesn't even care about what is exactly connecting to this electrical system, but they do care about, for example, costing. So we are there, we have this figure in between the two, and we're trying to- Very true. Essentially to have each other understand each other, and uh, oftentimes it works, oftentimes it doesn't work, and that's why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, in all of this, I think you're absolutely enjoying um, your work. Like, because I, I think it's hard to find a designer that absolutely enjoys their work. I think I think you're one of them though. I mean, so I think like every like every job, I think there is, I guess, the repetitivity aspect of it. Uh, so you know, sometimes I don't, I, I would think I don't know. Actually, you tell me, but I guess someone when you start working in an architecture firm, probably they don't put you like uh, to to manage a project, or they will put you to always do the same washroom over and over again. I would think. Uh, so that's sometimes what my job becomes. Like we're not doing washroom, but we're kind of always. It's a little repetitive, I guess, uh, and some aspects of it. But at the same time, it is very interesting because since it's a, we work as consultants, we don't uh, always work on the same project. Essentially, our input in every project is very functional. So essentially, within one year, we get to work on I don't know, like on thirty projects. 
which is I think a different pace than that an architecture firm, isn't it? Right. No, absolutely. That's that's actually quite quite interesting and true. I mean, I'm I, I think I'm still uh, learning how to love what I do, not because I don't love it, but because I just struggle a lot. But you know, work is work, so we have to kind of like understand that sometimes. Yeah, but actually, I mean, work, I think work is work as long as you, yeah, as you said, yeah, I think you have to enjoy to some extent what you're doing, obviously, because you have to report one part of your life. <laughs> yeah, but it's not but, so bad if there's some bad days. It's not, it's okay to have bad days. It's okay to have like unmotivated days. I think we need to like accept that, not because we're doing design, it means we are always on top and like excited every day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then yeah. there's, uh, there's this thing that, uh, what was called, the, I think the Deming wheel, I don't know what it is. Do you know what it is? It's essentially, well, no. I guess it's hard to explain over the phone, but essentially it's a wheel. It's it's about a, okay, it's really hard to talk about something like, <laughs> like a drawing uh, over, over an audio meme, but whatever. Um, it's a wheel that is spinning, okay? And mm -hmm. it's the path to progression. And essentially it's a cyclical path. So you have to plan, so then you know what to do, so you do, but then after you're done doing something, then you check what you did, and then you see how you can improve that, and then you plan again. So essentially, as long as you're into this loop of planning, doing, checking, and acting, you assure you that you're going the right direction. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> that's really cool to know. Um, I don't even know if I'm in the right direction. I never know what direction I'm in. That's the biggest issue. I think as long as, um, as, the, as the wheel is spinning, I think you're good. <laughs> I that's that's actually really good advice. So everyone out there who's having like a moment, as long as the wool is spinning, you're fine. We're fine. We're all fine. Okay. Um, but with this is like, so moral of the story, this whole umbrella of things is because you want to knowing lights um, knows about all lighting, including the Halloween ones. So we thought, why not mesh up what Simone is really good at and the season <laughs> to talk about something that might interest everyone that's not just super technical. Correct, correct, exactly. So let's move <laughs> oh, away from the technicality. <laughs> exactly. Uh, into, yeah, the Halloween decoration. So again- Yeah, because you had three good. categories, yeah. Right, correct, so as I was telling you, we have, again, well, I, I can tell everyone, but I would say, I would say probably one person out of three, they have a front yard. So you know what you see in the movies, I don't know, I'm thinking, or when we were children and we watch TV and you would see all these kids going from door to door and they do the whole street, uh, going trick or treating uh, at every door they see, they ring the bell and someone give them candy. So it's still happening here. Like, again, I don't know in, in New York, because as you said, probably you don't have as much space to do so, but here it's still happening every, well, every 31st of, of October, essentially. Love uh, it. And because of that, uh, it's very interesting to see also how I think uh, the resources, say, that the landlord puts into the decoration are really mapped following, uh, I guess, the general income of people living in that area, example. Mm -hmm. uh, if you live in, uh, in an area where, you know, the just rich people live, then those people are going to go crazy and are going to have all sort of weird shit happening in the front yard. So right. it happens sometimes. For example, my boss was telling me that he, like he knows that his kids, for example, they go into someone else's neighborhood to go trick and treating because A, they know that it's much it's more fun because it's better decoration. And also they know that people living there, they're rich. 
So they're gonna give out like a bigger and sweeter candies and God knows what. So it's really, I think it's interesting to, to study this, uh, this, uh, this motion of people following candies and decorations. Following the sweets. <laughs> essentially, essentially. Moral of the story, you guys, everything's motivated by the candy, not, every, not anything else. Correct. But uh, yes, so sorry, going back to my three categories. Um, I, I noticed that more and more, again, I don't know if it's uh, environmentally conscious driven, but I've noticed that uh, part of the decorations more and more are just literally just white plastic bags in which, again, I think we're getting some ideas here to so, oh. so our listeners, but essentially they take, imagine like a, an inflatable balloon, like those you would use for, uh, I don't know, for parties. They, so they inflate that and then they put it into a plastic, a white plastic bag, and then they hang the plastic bag uh, with, with a wire of some sort. And then they just literally draw on like on this balloon, uh, like eyes and mouth and whatnot. And the wind is gonna make this thing move. Uh, so it's gonna look like a ghost at night, right? Because of this white wobbly thing moving around <laughs> the door. So, <laughs> so very budget conscious, very interesting. I categorize this as a static decoration, static in that there's no major thing going on here. Yes, the balloon is moving, fine. But and there is a light inside, right? So no, these ones, they don't have light unless okay. this is a good idea. Thank you, Carol. You might think of actually slipping in a little LED of some sort. Yeah, I was already thinking like if it were me, I would have slipped an LED, a great. little LED to make it even cuter. But this is great. Just, see, yeah. I, I like it when this is going. It's a good brainstorming. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this. And then I don't know you, well, maybe uh, you tell me. But when I was growing up, for example, we had this uh, TV show called Art Attack. I don't know, uh, probably that didn't exist in... Uh, uh, I don't think it existed in the U.S., but uh, probably it was this, something similar. Guy, yeah, but it was this weird guy, essentially doing those sort of, uh, of the bricolage, uh, like... Uh, Giovanni Muchacha. Exactly, the one and only. So we just do this art decor thing, and it was totally uh, targeted to kids. So we show them how to do things, essentially. And anyway, one of this one of these episodes was showing how you could use uh, glue gun essentially uh, to make uh, spider webs, for example. So that I've seen also in North America. So they just like essentially you take uh, I don't know uh, something very smooth at home. You can work on a table. I wouldn't do it on your floors. Children, please don't. And essentially you start. Children listening, <laughs> behave, okay. <laughs> essentially, you start drawing with your glue gun at the spider web. Um, and then once it dries, then you can hang it and yeah, it will hold its shape and it's going to look like a big spider web. So that's, I don't know, you know, again, like going back to the low budget, it's a, it could also be interesting. Um, but then, and then that's where the rich neighbors <laughs> come in. There's the category of the inflatables. So inflatable. Oh man, I think I know where you're going with this go. one. There is all sort of inflatables, right? So there are, but actually there are also here you get two subcategories. So there are two kind of inflatables. There are those where you need a pump that keeps on pumping air into your, I don't know, your monster or your ghost or whatever you're inflating. And there are also those that you just, you blow them up once and that, that will do. Um, but yeah, like if, if you look on, on Amazon, for example, at one point I was really, I was also interested. I was okay, let me see how much these people are spending on this. And yeah, you can you can buy, I think it was a ghost that measured 12 feet. It's a 12 feet tall ghost 
that essentially just gonna move and wobble. And again, it's lit as well. Um, and you have to, obviously you have to anchor it to the ground uh, to give you an idea of the dimension of this thing. Uh, and yeah, so this- Oh yeah, they're massive. They're massive. 12 feet, is, it's enormous. And uh, so this is one of those where actually you have to keep on pumping air. But then there is the other kind uh, where you just, essentially you, you blow air inside and then they're supposed to, to stay as inflated as when you blow them. Uh, obviously it doesn't happen. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but, but then what's interesting um, is that lots of times, depending on, again, on where you are, you could see these inflatables paired up with lights. And that's oh. where the designer side of me comes in. <laughs> So, and that's where you, your natural instinct could no exactly so i mean i have to admit we're also trying to organize something here uh, i was just about to ask sorry not to interrupt you but are you guys doing any so we are doing something again we're trying to keep it as low budget as uh, as uh, possible um but yeah we are doing something i'll send you some pictures uh <laughs> but uh yeah so now we're playing with lights for example and again you can buy all, all sorts of weird things like you could buy uh, what we installed now outside is just literally an LED bulb. So it's just, you know, like one of those uh, screw in base, just screw it in. And uh, there's a laser inside that gets refracted outside of your bulb. So we're just gonna, I guess, draw a kind of star, starry sky effect uh, on your on your floor, on your patio, or wherever you aim this, uh, this bulb at. So that's very, that's very interesting. And it's like, I don't know, like for $10, you can get this thing. Mm. Uh, so that's interesting. So we, I think we're, we're trying to be reasonable, but then uh, we, sometimes you walk into these neighborhoods and and you see that there's just these these houses completely up with uplight just blasting the whole facade. Uh, also, we are color. There is uh, you know like some red here, some blue there, some green, some yellow, whatever. Uh, and okay, so I think per se it's already a bit of a shock, like in general, like okay, when it's Halloween, fine, but you cannot keep it on for a whole month whatever. right because that's that's exactly the issue that you were saying the first one is like very sustainable and now there's like the other spectrum where people are just like completely consumist and just flagging how much we live in a you know in a very uh materialistic kind of countries right because there's no need to do that like calm down <laughs> no but i mean i think i think it's it's nice again like sometimes you just drive through these neighborhoods and are like Oh, wow, look at that. And yeah, sometimes uh, you have all, all sort of lighting and it's also dynamic. It's not just, it's not like, okay, today's Monday, we're gonna, we're gonna choose the blue light uh, period. No, no, the light is gonna transition from blue and it's gonna turn into purple and it's gonna turn into red. And then it's gonna do the whole, the whole uh, rainbow <laughs> of light um, at a different pace. You no, know, sometimes it can be very, I guess, stroboscopic. So some other time it just be very smooth. <laughs> but do you think it's very Halloween-y? Or is it just because I feel like the way you're describing them, like it doesn't sound as like aesthetically pleasing or just something that we would necessarily do for Halloween. No, exactly. But I'm sure. But that's why I think uh, it's it's worth exchanging on this topic because here that's how they do it. Uh, yeah. But uh, not everybody does this. Like uh, sometimes, yeah, you keep it simple. Again, you have the kids going. The whole point essentially is to create a thing a nice environment for the kids to just go door by door and ask for like essentially trick and treating. Um, so I think that's the general spirit. But then again, like uh, there is a, sorry, I'm gonna walk into our third category, which is like 
those people who have inflatable and lights in the same uh, uh, kind of front yard. So you have this thing moving, uh, you have this inflatable, and they don't only buy one, they buy some, uh, like some, some 10, <laughs> 10, 12 feet tall inflatable things. They're just gonna move around uh, with color lighting. And I don't know, like, I think it's- Wait, Simone, are they like, I'm gonna say something that people, not, not a lot of people will get, or are they like the, you know, the inflatable dudes that are next to like car washes uh, yes, or yes, car yes, yes, yes. selling no. things and they're just like, Loading or I love those guys by the way I will put a picture on Instagram for all the listeners because those are like when I'm depressed I'll just look at a video of those floating in air so it's, I know that's, that's how weird about. I am <laughs> I know what you're talking about so they're but not, they're not think, like that right no I think those you're talking about I think there's a hole actually on top and they're, they're pumping so much air inside and that's essentially that's what makes them wobble and move and, oh uh, and that's like air a air a constant flow of air. I see. I see. Exactly. As opposed to this guy, they just like it's. It's well. I guess it looks more solid. Uh, but it's uh, they're very interesting. Honestly, like next time I'm gonna walk by one of these houses, I'll take a picture for you just to give you an idea. But um, so there is this, uh, and then yeah, and then there is. Uh, I mean, I guess the the combo, which is like inflatable plus light plus sound, because you can also do soundscaping. So you could have the, oh the sound the sound. I like the sound. It's, it's a totally immersive experience. So it just from far away you see you see this light, which is like oh interesting. Let me walk uh, and get into the place. So you go and then as you approach, you see that there is also this big inflatable of any sort of colors. By the way, there are some some uh, I guess dynamic we can call them inflatable. So they literally. I don't know, I've seen some big spiders. They're supposed to become spooky spiders, I guess. And they have LEDs, green LEDs in their eyes, and they also turn their head. So not only they're inflatable, not only they're sliding inside, there is also an engine inside that makes them rotate their head. So, oh, that sounds cool. <laughs> I'm like, I like those. I tell you, they can go honestly as crazy as, crazy as you want. Um, but yeah, so I think that's that's it in general for uh, for the general uh, lighting decorations. But again, I think this is what families do uh, for for the kids. And I don't know how it is in the US, but as you said, it sounded to me uh, that uh, in New York, for example, most of the people they actually go like they take Halloween as an opportunity to to go out and party, isn't it? I think so. I mean, in New York City, yes. If you go, I think if you go in the suburbs, then you will find that traditional like family trick or treating. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are in the city or Brooklyn, obviously, this is. I was actually having this conversation recently with someone, and I was like, uh, because I feel like I'm getting old, and I feel like I'm old in New York. <laughs> and then a, a close, and I was telling this to a girl who came to visit, and she's like, "Oh, last time I was like having more fun. There were more people my age." And I, and then I said, "A wise friend once said, New York is for them,' and them meaning the twenties, uh, the twenty-year-olds. So obviously, when you're surrounded by by twenty-year-olds, and you're starting to feel like an old grandma." <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll have the partying happening. And I have to be honest, I've been to the best parties ever in New York and Halloween because in Italy where we grew up, it wasn't like a big thing. I think it's getting bigger, yeah. but we never experienced it. 
No, exactly. You again, you would always see this thing like on TV, and I mean, it looks very cool. But then, yeah, I think also in Italy actually would be well when we left because again we left some I don't know, six, seven, eight years ago. I don't know anymore. But I remember that uh, Halloween parties were essentially just a marketing thing. It was more a way for I guess for stores to sell I don't know again like decorations and and like uh, uh, I don't know costumes, which is I don't know. I think in general in Italy we don't really we don't really uh, like a what do you say? Mascara, Carol, please. Ah, we don't. Oh, my God. Dress up, dress up, dress up. Yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> we really don't. So, I don't know. So, yeah, I feel like uh, in Italy, I don't know now, but at the time when we left, it was really all about marketing. You know, like, it's also, yeah, it's your chance to go out and have fun with your friends. And, yeah, you're also going to dress up and, like, impersonate someone else. But I think that's it. But here, it's really, I don't know, it's interesting. It's a thing. No, here it's absolutely a thing. It's absolutely like you, people get really into it. And I mean, I will sh- like, I will post like a simple decoration from the city on Instagram, but just to give you guys an idea. Oh my God, we're having the 10 minute reminder. Oh man, already? How that, how did that happen? Uh, oh, wait, wait for it though. I have an idea. I think everyone, I'm going to I'm going to post the inflatable guy that's next to, oh, I think they're called air dancers on Instagram. So people can refer, uh, but I was just Googling some images and you know, what would it be a really good Halloween costume? Dress up like an air dancer. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. All right, everyone. No, nobody thought that was funny. That's fine. I'll be fine, but I will post a picture and then. I want to hear comments about how amazing they are. Not about the whole All Halloween episode. We don't care about that. We just care about, do you guys think the air dancer is cool? Okay. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. I think, I think I would also propose that everyone who listens to this podcast uh, should share their their inflatable thing that you mentioned uh, on the page. I think it would also be very interesting. Oh, that would be really fun. To do a and, inflatable wobbly thingy around the world. I think it would be very interesting. That would be really cool. I'm sure like nobody will listen. <laughs> <laughs> and if they do, they will be like, yeah, no, I have better things to do. <laughs> it's fine, you guys. We love you anyways. We wa- we love we'll you regardless. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just keep going. Uh, but, you know, I think this is a, I think this, I think this overall was like a really fun episode just because also it's fun to talk about seasonal things and what's happening you know so I think what you did see when it was so nicely thought like and thorough so (laughs) too organized organized. no 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 I really appreciate it because I think there's a lot of interesting things also because I mean obviously the the podcast as as far as now it was only with people that lived in New York or mostly lived in New York and live in America so it's interesting to also hear like perspective of someone who a didn't grow grew up in Canada b lives in Canada and all the like you know the spectrum of like living abroad and not being from that country and not being from America so something that's definitely um insightful for people to understand how it is somewhere else especially for something like Halloween which mm-hmm. we know it's big in the U.S. right and we know how kind of like it works because you you've seen the movies all and you've you kind of picture it in your mind 
But then mm-hmm. it's like, what is it to their neighbors? You know? Sorry. Just on a very, well, on a not so different note, I just found out it is a movable monster. They're called animatronics. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> now I kind of want one in my house just to like play Honestly, with the cat. Like, look it up. <laughs> Just Google animatronic and see all sort of weird things that come up. It's a uh, wait. It's, are uh, there animatronics that are not Halloween? Uh, I don't know. I, I found one page that it's about Halloween animatronics. Uh, so you have a ghost and you have seven feet possessed pumpkin animatronic. I honestly don't know who would buy that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I love it. I I actually will if Simone will go outside and take a couple of pictures of the houses. We'll post it on Instagram so people can look cool. at the what the ones that are in Canada so they can relate. Um yes. Yeah. I will take some good pictures. Yes. Yay. <laughs> Thank you. And I'll post one of New York just to give you the vibes, you know? Vibe check. Ah. I've been listening to vibe check a lot and I'm like, what is a vibe check? But this is again maybe the 20s. <laughs> the 20 year old that are surrounding me are like vibe check fit check and I'm like I barely checked my hair this morning so glad you're vibe checking a spontaneous and usually random time where someone checks your vibe I don't know what it was did you just google it <laughs> I did <laughs> I lo- oh so it's like if I go to you and I'm like vibe check someone and you're like oh my vibe is like I'm really not feeling good is that what it is I think so, but then, <laughs> but then hang on, because that was the closest question. Then I scroll down, it says vibe check. When an individual attempts to check somebody's vibe and murders them in the process. <laughs> what? Uh, what? Yeah, these Gen Zs. We love you Gen Zs, but we don't know what you guys are talking about uh, no. most of the time. Yeah. Oh, another thing, which is, and then we'll let you all go. But another thing that I learned from the Gen Zs, or not from the Gen Zs, or I'm from friends that hung out with Gen Zs or work with Gen Zs, it's like when you're a loser, they say you're you're chuggy. Oh, how do you spell that? So I feel like chuggy. <laughs> so I feel like because maybe because we're all chuggies to them, but if you hear chuggy, uh, just so you know, <laughs> it means that we're not cool enough for them. I'm assuming you spell it C-H-O-O-G-Y. I don't know. Okay, well, thanks uh, for teaching us this new slang. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, any diet, guys. Uh, I always try to be cool, you know? But anyways, with this time running, I'm going to say thank you, Simo, for being on the episode, on the podcast, sorry, and during this episode. I hope you had fun. Yeah, totally, totally, absolutely. I hope me. I hope you want to come back again. One day, one day. Maybe one a day day. for a different holiday. For a different holiday. Exactly. Oh, you know what? You'll hear back so you want it for Christmas. A hundred percent. We need a lighting huh. expert for that. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then for everyone who's listening, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. Um, and also please follow us on instagram listen to dm and we have a patreon now um i will post more info about the patreon on instagram but if you want to go there and you know support the podcast buy myself a coffee you know if you feel or a drink if you feel like i need any of those 
I would li- really love the support, but I'll give more info on the gram. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Thank you, Simo. I'll Thank see you. you soon. Oh, yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you.